greater faith. You're listening to Application Equals Acceleration, a message from Pastor Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. If you go in the Word of the Lord with me today to the book of Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and we'll begin reading with verse 37. Thank you, Lord. Didn't then our praise team do such an awesome job today leading us into the presence of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 37. If you have it, say amen. amen. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued, say they continued, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And I want to preach to you on this thought today. This is a word that the Lord put in my spirit uh, right in the beginning of this year. And I, I just felt like God uh, would have me bring it to you today. I've never preached this message, though I've spoken these next few words before in other messages. But I want to preach to you today application equals acceleration application equals acceleration would you pray with me jesus we love you lord we're so thankful to be in your house today lord thankful for the work that you are already doing in this house the breakthroughs that you have already given to us today for the victory and the liberty that is here right now god i pray a fresh anointing will come upon me in this moment lord to preach your word to your people this is your church this is your city, God, and it is for your glory that we do these things. In Jesus' holy name we pray and let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated. For three and a half years, 12 men, Peter, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Matthew, Philip, James, Jesus' brother, John, the beloved, Nathaniel, Judas, Andrew, and Simon walked with Jesus. They became sojourners. They traveled everywhere with him. With two words spoken, follow me, Jesus led them from the mundane into the miraculous. Every day, Jesus challenged their faith, their beliefs, their perspectives, their attitudes, and their relationships. Aren't you thankful God challenges us? Hallelujah. Love what Brother Jerry said today. When you feel resistance, it's just an opportunity for you to get 
stronger. Hallelujah. He took them on a three and a half year journey of transformation. They witnessed the lame walk, the mute talk, the deaf hear, and the blind see. They saw the demoniac delivered, the dead come back to life, the wind and the waves obey the command of his voice, and an issue of blood healed. They observed Jesus walk on water, five loaves of bread and two fishes multiply. The Roman Empire challenged and crumbled. The Pharisees' influence dwindled and multitudes followed Jesus. Every day with him was an adventure for them. Hallelujah. And when it seemed like it would all end on a hill called Golgotha, with their Lord and Savior hanging on a cross, blood and water gushing from his side, Nails in his hands and his feet. A crown of thorns upon his head. Blood running down his face. He hung between two criminals. And the Bible says he gave up the ghost and said, It is finished. But that was just the beginning. Because three days later, he rose again. And the Bible says that for 40 days he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. He came back to life and revealed himself to people everywhere he went for 40 days. He said, I'm going to leave a mark of evidence on this world that my resurrection can never be denied. The Bible uses the word infallible proofs. Hallelujah. And before ascending into the heavens, he left them with an instruction. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for my promise. Woo, hallelujah. Go with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This was 10 days later after he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He said, go and wait. First, I want you to know that wait is not the way we wait. But wait is prayer. Wait. They didn't go and just sit down and stare at a clock and wait for something to happen. But friend, if you're a believer, when you're in the waiting, you should be praying. Hallelujah. Because this was it. It was 10 days later. This was the promise they had been waiting for. They had been in a 10-day prayer meeting in an upper room pursuing the promise that God had given to them just 10 days before. Hallelujah. 
And let me just say something right here. Some of us are just a prayer meeting away from the answer that we need. Some of us are just an upper room prayer meeting away from seeing a promise fulfilled. You just need to shift your waiting into praying. Don't sit idly but open your mouth and say, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pursue my promise with prayer until Till I possess it. Hallelujah. The average lifespan of an adult is 76 years. That's 27,740 days. We have too many people, even in this room right here, with unfulfilled promises because we allow life and distraction and other priorities to rob us of an upper room prayer meeting in our life. Hallelujah. If God gave you a promise, you need to find an upper room and pray until you receive that promise. Hallelujah. After a 10-day prayer meeting, they experience and witness the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the New Testament plan of salvation preached for the first time. It was in a prayer meeting that God forever changed the course of the church. It was the pinnacle of a three-and-a-half-year journey. It was the apex of every miraculous moment they had ever witnessed with Jesus. It was the culmination of a chapter of life that would forever change our world. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Woo, hallelujah. But now what? We got it. We received it. We got the Holy Ghost. The promise happened. We pursued it. We're possessing it. But now what? The question was answered in Acts chapter 2 when the writer penned these words. He said, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Immediately after receiving the promise, the preacher challenged them with a word. He said, you've got to use this promise to save yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. You receive the promise. You receive the power. Now you have to use it to save yourself. You have to decide to use that power, hear it, to recuse yourself from a system of sin that wants to devour you. You have to use that power to step into a life of righteousness that is now available to you. He said, save yourself from this untoward generation how many of you use that word untoward on a regular basis all right me neither that word untoward in the greek is scolios it's the origin of the word scoliosis that we use for someone who has been diagnosed with a crooked spine scolios means warped winding 
crooked, perverse, and wicked. Peter charged them to use the Holy Ghost to save themselves from a warped, crooked, wicked, and perverse generation. He said, now that you've got it, this is what you need to do with it. Let me tell you something, friend. If Pentecost is only an event for you, if it's just a day in your life and nothing else changes after that, then the most powerful thing that you possess is just sitting idly in your life because God gave you the power of change when he gave you the power of the Holy Ghost. He did not intend his spirit to sit idle in your life but he said I've endued you with power from on high so you can save yourself from a lost and dying world I put the power inside of you to change your life to change your circumstance to be made new in Christ Jesus Save yourself. And then he said, and they continued steadfastly. Somebody say steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Woo-ha. And fellowship. And in breaking of bread. And in prayers. Ah. They continued steadfastly. Mm. Verse 42 that I just quoted to you came after the day of Pentecost. It came after three and a half years of walking with Jesus. It came after three and a half years of adventure, excitement, challenge, and triumph. And now, hear your pastor today, all of a sudden the onus was on them. If this was going to last, it would now be on their shoulders to do it. He said, I'm equipping you. Now go and do the work that you need to do. Anybody feeling challenged yet today? We have had I don't know if anybody else has been counting the days, but I've been counting them. We have had four exciting months here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Since the first week of May, we have seen 19. People filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you're in this room today and God has filled you with the Holy Ghost for the first time uh, in the last four months, I want you to stand to your feet right now uh, and just begin to give God. Come on. Hey, I'll start calling names because there's a whole bunch of you in this room that you ought to be standing and you ought to be clapping and you ought to be worshiping. Come on, God's filled 19 people and there's a whole bunch of kids downstairs. There's another five or six children right now in Sunday school that were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time in the last four months. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
We have seen five people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and let me just tell you what I felt in my office today. Uh, I spoke it to my kids on the way to church. Uh, I said, I just really feel uh, like somebody is going to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Uh, I said, I just feel a troubling in the water. Uh, I feel like it's been a little too long uh, since we've seen somebody in the tank. Uh, I said, somebody needs to go down in the name uh, of Jesus Christ today. Uh, so let me take this opportunity to invite you if you have never been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ you can be baptized before you leave here today hallelujah we have seen so many miracles of healing we've seen Bell's palsy symptoms disappear Lyme disease symptoms disappear surgeries avoided because God healed it first people delivered from depression and anxiety that has happened right here in the last four months people have been delivered from tobacco and alcohol right here in this church in four months we have watched healing and forgiveness take place in multiple families and relationships God has been giving us financial, organizational, and institutional infrastructure here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Projects have been completed and projects are underway. People have started returning the tithe, giving offerings freely, and sacrificially giving as a result of God is blessing and strongholds are breaking and the poverty mindset of this region is being brought down in the name of Jesus. God is restoring leaders in the home and in the church. Vision is being cast. Faith is elevating. Borders are broadening. We are in the radar on this community again. Did you hear me? We're on the radar in this community again. People are talking about in this zip code what God is doing here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. God has sent revival to Ironton Ohio Hallelujah. God has gifted us momentum we are having revival almost every regular attender in this church now has the gift of the Holy Ghost and has been baptized in Jesus name Now what? I've come to tell you now what? Now we continue. Now we continue steadfastly. Now what, pastor? Now we save ourselves from this untoward generation. Now we take the gift that God has given us and we begin to let God transform our lives from the top down. Every area of our life from the inside out, every relationship, everything around us, our environment, our landscape, our orbit, our jobs, our families, and our friends. Friends, uh, we use that power uh, and we save ourselves uh, from this untoward generation. Yeah. 
Now we continue in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking bread, in fellowship, and in prayers. Now we continue in the momentum that God has given to us. Momentum is defined as the quantity of motion of a moving body measured as a product of its mass and velocity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Hammond, can you help me for a minute? If me and Brother Hammond were running full steam ahead, who's got more momentum? Him. Why? Because he's got a whole lot more mass. His mass makes his momentum stronger than mine. Just one week ago, a row of men stood on this platform and locked arms together in unity and made a decision to start moving forward together. You know what we were saying? We're saying we are going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking of bread, in fellowship, and in prayers. But you know what happens? If I let go of Brother Hammond, he's got less momentum than when I got a hold of him. Hey, church, you need to stay connected to the person next to you and say, we're not going to lose momentum. We are going to continue steadfastly in this thing together mm. used to be a youth pastor many years ago a youth pastor for 10 years in Columbus, Ohio and we used to do this event in the parking lot called the Amazing Race and we had a guy on our youth team he had a huge monster truck and he would bring it to the Amazing Race and we'd tie a toe strap to the front of it and the challenge was you had to pull the truck so many yards with it in neutral and I would watch these little junior high girls that weighed like 80 pounds soaking wet and they would lean all the way forward to try to get that truck to move and at first man it would just barely move an inch but with every step they took that truck moved more and more and it took less energy on their part why because there was a whole lot of mass in that truck and it started to have its own momentum its own velocity it took a whole lot of energy in the beginning but by the time they got to that marker on the parking lot they were upright and they were just walking and they discovered all I have to do is keep walking if I keep walking the momentum will stay if I keep moving this thing's gonna keep moving with me hey greater faith I've come to preach to you today keep walking keep moving continue steadfastly let's not lose the gift of momentum that God has given to us and it is a gift because he's done all the heavy lifting hallelujah we need to understand the value of the momentum we have right now. 
But I want to tell you, and I expressed just a little bit of this in the prayer room today, that just this past week I felt a shift in the spirit. What this means is usually something is about to change in our season or in what we are experiencing. See, up to this point for four months, we have witnessed God do amazing things with very little requirement or effort on our part. Uh, all we have had to do is show up, and God's been here, ready with a miracle, ready with an answer, ready with a word, ready with a victory. We've just shown up, and God's just been here. But what I felt this week was the onus of responsibility beginning to shift. I felt, and, and they continued steadfastly shift in our season. What does that mean, Pastor? It means God is wanting us to take the momentum and funnel that energy, that velocity, that unity, that synergy into a continuance of steadfast spiritual growth. What do you mean, Pastor? I don't understand. I mean, take all this momentum and begin to grow spiritually. This is no longer just an event, but it's a transformation in your life. Don't just come for the show, but take the power home with you and let God begin to change your life. Use this momentum to save yourself and your family from this untoward generation. Hallelujah. It means he wants you to start using what he gave you so you can grow in him. Greater faith, it is absolutely imperative. I got this highlighted and bold in my notes. It is imperative. It is crucial that you do not miss what I'm saying to you today. Because if you do, you'll feel lost a couple months from now. Woo! Say, I don't get it. Something's changed. Something's shifted. Ah, maybe it's just not for me. No, it's for you. You just have to embrace the shift. That's why we're linked together. So nobody misses it when God is shifting. You will find that God works in seasons in a church. God has given us a momentous momentum and a growth spurt here numerically and in many other ways. But now God wants each and every person under the sound of my voice to begin to grow in him individually with your family and in your home. He does not want you to live six and a half days under depression, oppression, anxiety, fear, pain, infirmity, and affliction. But he wants you to take this momentum and begin to grow in him. Hallelujah. Mm, praise God. We want to keep the momentum he has gifted at us. We must now start using what he gave us and doing what his word tells us. We are at a rubber meets the road moment as a church. We cannot just be hearers. We cannot just be attenders. We cannot just even be worshipers. <laughs> Whew. 
but we must be doers. James 1 and 22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And that's the only part we quote. But the rest of it is the most important part. It says, deceiving your own selves. If you only come and listen, but you don't save yourself, if you don't continue steadfastly, if there's not a transformation process that is happening in your life, then you are deceiving yourself into think I'm okay because I still got goosebumps. I'm okay because tears ran down my cheek. I'm okay because I still felt the presence of God. No, you've got to be a doer of the word of God. It's got to find a place of application in your life. Hallelujah. So how do I do that? In the last four months, weaved through the messages that I have preached and you have heard have been five key principles of growth that each and every one of us are responsible for in our life. The Lord has given us numerical growth, organizational growth, financial growth. Now it's time for personal growth. One, if you want to take notes, this is a good time. I've preached all five of these points in the last four months. One is personal devotion. Paul said that I may know him. What does that mean? It means exactly what you think it means. It means you need to pray. It means you need to develop a prayer plan with God. It means your prayer should not be haphazard, but you should develop a system of prayer. You need to have you need to plan to pray and you need to have a plan for prayer. You need to come to God and say, God, today I'm going to pray for my family. God, today I'm going to pray about our needs. God, today I'm going to pray for our city. God, today I'm going to pray for our church you need to pray you need to read the word follow the reading plan it's one of the first things that I gave this church on one of the first Wednesdays that I preached I gave you a reading plan to follow that takes you through the end of this year his word says the breaking of bread that's this right here you've got to eat this book you've got to digest these words it's got to get in your spirit so it can change your life you've got to pray you've got to read the word this is something that I, this next one is something I do it's part of my personal devotion I journal I write down what he speaks to me what he's doing in my life I start to log all that God is doing and all that he has done you'll need that journal one day because you'll face a mountain that seems to be stubborn and you'll open that journal and you'll be like God you did it then 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 this mountain's lying to me because if you did it then you're going to do it again God you look back through that journal and you see a log of victories and stories and things that God has done in your life John 21 and 25 says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. 
I'm on journal number five or six right now since I started. And they're just full of stories of things that God has done in my life. Number one is personal devotion. Number two, keep giving. The Bible says where your treasure is there will your heart be also. One of the first lessons I taught this church was you need to give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Living is giving. When you give of yourself and you give of your time and you give of your talent and you give of your treasure, you ensure that the flow of the Holy Ghost continues in your life. And friend, you can't afford for that flow to stop because everything you need to live for God you will find in that living water number three fast weekly and deny daily we've got to consistently crucify this flesh with fasting and tell yourself no keep God on the throne of your life the Bible says they that are Christ's, that's possessive, those that belong to him, they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. We've got to learn how to tell our flesh no and put our flesh on the altar with fasting. Number four, huh, and this is a big one, go to church. Go to church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even so much so as you see the last day approaching. Friend, you're not going to make it sitting at home. If you're listening online, whatever reason kept you at home today, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you need to come to church. You can't make it being disconnected from the body of Christ. Your world lied to you when it told you you would be okay to sit at home and watch a screen. You need to be here. You need to receive the impartation of the word and the Holy Ghost in your life. You need to be faithful to the house of God. Your commitment to the house of God will keep you and it will keep God first in your life. Number five, you need to have revival in your home. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You must take authority of your environment in your home. What does that mean? That means you need to guard the atmosphere in your house. Don't let sin and arguing and fighting and things that rob you of peace into the atmosphere of your home. Protect it. Make it a sanctuary. You know how you do that? You do it by saturating the atmosphere of your home with the things of God. Play preaching in your house. Play worship music in your house. Let the things of God fill the atmosphere of your home. Let it be a place where angels are comfortable to abide. Let it be a place where the presence of God doesn't want to lift. Make your home a sanctuary. That's what it means to take authority in your home. If your environment is spiritually toxic, change the environment. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Your house should not look like, feel like, or sound like the world. 
Saturate your spirit. What God gives you on Sunday will spoil or grow based on what you fill your life with when you leave this place. Fill your life with worship. I got a list of things here. You, you can write them down if you want to or don't. It's up to you. But listen to good music. Listen to praise and worship music. Listen to Indiana Bible College, Urshan Bible College, the Pentecostals of Alexandria, James Wilson, Lawrence Trump, Draylon Young. You know who all those people are? This is what's amazing. You ready for this? Used to be that apostolic artists were super cheesy. They're not anymore. Apostolics are leading the way in the Christian music industry. They're putting out the best music. They're putting out the best songs. You got no excuse not to listen to oneness, spirit-filled, blood-bought, Holy Ghost, Jesus-name believers in your home. There is voluminous content of apostolic worship that is available out there now. Listen to great teaching and preaching. Dr. James Hughes, Terry and Melanie Schock, Jonathan McDonald, David Bernard, Bishop James Stark, Aaron Bounds, Joel Urshan, Raymond Woodward. Engage in edifying conversation. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about continuing steadfastly. That's what all of this is. This is continuing steadfastly. It's leaving here and not saying, now I'm just going to do whatever I want. But it's leaving here and saying, I'm going to be intentional about what I say. I'm going to be intentional about what I watch. I'm going to be intentional about what I listen to. I'm going to be intentional about the activities that I engage in. I'm going to be intentional about how I treat my family. I'm going to be intentional about what comes into my home. I'm going to be intentional. Why? Because I'm continuing. I'm continuing. I treasure the momentum that God has given to us and I will not cast it aside. I'm going to continue steadfastly. Hallelujah. If you continue in these five things, you'll look in the rearview mirror of your life three months from now. Six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, a generation from now. Whew. You understand the change that some of you are making right now? You are impacting the generation behind. There are family trees that are being changed right now in this service. There are heritages and lineages that are being altered because Greater Faith Apostolic Church is making a decision today. We're going to continue steadfastly. So my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids walk in the promise, the blessing, the momentum that we have right now. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You will not recognize yourself, your family, or your life. You will be amazed at how far God has brought you. Why? Ooh. Listen, when you become a doer, change happens fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Application equals acceleration. Ah, being a hearer only, only produces stagnation in your life. 
I'm done sitting down and just saying, I'm just waiting on God to change it. No. He gave me the power to change it. So I'm going to change it. That's what application equals acceleration means. It means if you're tired of it, do something about it. Because he's already given you the promise, the power, the authority, and the instruction in his word on how to change it. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to wallow in it. You don't have to continue that way. But you can see change accelerated in your life when you begin to apply this word in your life. I went to Houston, Texas about a year and a half ago. Forgive me if I've already told you this story, but I had to rent a car and I went and it just so happened that that day Teslas were the same price as an economy sedan. What do you think I rented? I'm getting the Tesla. Hallelujah. Never driven a Tesla before. Ridden in one, never driven one. And I pulled out of that rental lot. And I was like, let's have a little fun, TJ. And I hit that accelerator. And Brandon, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I did not know that it would be instant. I hit that accelerator and I almost wrecked that Tesla 20 yards from the rental lot because I almost lost control. Why? Because I accelerated so quickly. Let me tell you something. When you start applying the things that God is speaking to your life, things will begin to change in your world so fast and so quickly. You'll think, my God, I'm losing control. No, you're not. You're just feeling the result of acceleration in your life. Your situation can change as fast as you want it to change. You're just an upper room prayer meeting away. Lord spoke a few things to me at the beginning of this year. Believe I've only preached one of them to you here. Preached about resurgence, I think, to you one of the first times I was here. The Lord also spoke this phrase to me. He said, application equals acceleration. I said, what do you mean, God? He said, things are speeding up because it's the last days. Can anybody testify to that? It seems like things are just accelerating in our world. Well, now's not the time for the church to be in neutral. We need to accelerate also. It's not time to play games with God. It's not time to be a visitor in the house of God. It's not time to be a nuance in the body of Christ. But it's time to be a member. It's time to get connected. It's time for every joint that supplieth to play its part in the kingdom of God. It's time for you to find your place and say, God, I'm going to grow a root system here. God, I'm not leaving. Come what may, whatever storm comes. God, whatever challenges presented no matter how much the word cuts on my life or challenges my obedience God I'm not going anywhere I'm going to grow I'm going to continue steadfastly in the faith Mm. right now we have momentum and I want momentum to continue and the only way we will keep that is we have to go to the next level quickly And the way to do that is to apply what God has given us. We must be doers. 
How many of you have felt like God has spoken to you at some point in the next four in the last four months? You feel like God has given you a word, an instruction, a direction in your life in the last four months. Now you can put your hands down, but now ask yourself this question. Have I acted on what God has spoken to me? Am I being diligent in the directive that God put in my spirit? We must applicate what he adjudicates. Hmm. That's just a fancy way of saying we need to do what he's telling us to do. I just like $10 words, that's all. God has given us five directives. And if we will begin to do them, we will accelerate into the next dimension of growth with God. Is this all right? I know you guys aren't used to me preaching this long. But see, I'm stretching you. And I knew I would today. Anybody notice that pastor was kind of struggling a little bit over here today and in the prayer room? You know why? Because I knew the order that God had given me for the day. I knew I was coming in this place to push, to challenge, and to expand. And that's never a comfortable position. You may feel uncomfortable out there. It's a whole lot more uncomfortable up here. Why? Because God is saying, you can't take old wineskins into new places. I'm putting new wine in you. I'm changing you from the inside out and I don't want to pour it into old wineskins because those old wineskins will break and tatter and tear and everything I've done in you will just spill out but if you'll be willing to let him change the covering if you'll be willing to let him change you and say God whatever you need to do I don't want to lose what you've put inside of me The elders used to say it like this. You've got to keep on keeping on. Keep on. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on keeping on. Ah, Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep believing. Keep worshiping. Keep being faithful to the house of God. Keep giving. Keep serving. Keep studying. Keep dying out to your flesh. Keep sacrificing. Keep loving. Keep forgiving. You've got to apply, apply, apply. Keep being a doer. Keep obeying. Keep submitting. Keep surrendering. Keep hearing. And keep doing. You've got to keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's so important that you take this with you today. You know why? Because continuing steadfastly, the enemy will come by and say, nothing exciting is happening. This is mundane. You're just spinning your wheels. Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. That's a lie. That's a lie. Let me tell you about a time in my life. <laughs> where I was in a routine and the demands were high. Hmm. Get up in the morning early, go to work, come home, responsibilities until I had to go to bed. It just felt like I was spinning my wheels and I was doing everything that I could to get close to God. And I went to prayer and I wasn't really praying. What I was doing is I was having a pity party. Anybody ever do that before? Have a pity party with Jesus? Usually he doesn't show up. 
But I invited him, and he just says, no thanks. But he did give me a word. Because I said, God, this just feels so monotonous. You know what he said? He said, what you call monotonous, I call faithfulness. He said, and if you'll keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> he said, you're going to wake up one day and wonder, how did everything change? I'll tell you how it changed. It changed on the daily. It changed with the daily doing and living for God. Application is doing. Would you stand with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. In closing today, I'm going to just read to you this little short story to give you an illustration of the example that I'm talking about. That application equals acceleration. Once there was a little water hyacinth that grew near the edge of a big pond. It had dreams of seeing the other side of the pond. But when it murmured to itself about these dreams, the water just laughed and lapped at it dismissively. The other side, indeed, for a tiny plant that could only even, that couldn't even move. <clears throat> Impossible, the water said. The water hyacinth can typically be found floating on the surface of ponds in warm climates around the world. And it is a beautiful plant with delicate six-petaled flowers that range from purplish blue to lavender to pink. This particular plant was a perfect specimen, very beautiful, very small, very delicate. However, and this was something the water didn't know, that hyacinth is also one of the most productive plants on earth with a reproductive rate that astonishes botanists and ecologists. A single plant can produce as many as 5,000 seeds. But its preferred method for colonizing a new area is not to cast its seeds to the vagaries of wind and water, but instead to grow by doubling itself, sending out short runner stems that become daughter plants. The first day this little water hyacinth appeared, nobody but the water even noticed that it was there. Nobody noticed it on the second day either as it doubled, nor on the third or the fourth as it doubled again and then once more. It was so insignificant, in fact, that for the first two weeks, even though it doubled in size every day, you would have had to have search hard to see it at all. By day 15, halfway through, it had reproduced to cover barely one square foot of water. A tiny dollop of lavender pink dotting the pond's glassy green surface. On day 20, two-thirds of the way through the month, one person passing by the pond noticed the little patch of foliage floating off to the side, but mistook it for a lost bath tower, perhaps a discarded piece of wrapping paper. More than a week later, on day 29, half the pond's surface was still open water. But on day 30, just 24 hours later, it doubled itself again, and the water surface had totally disappeared. The entire pond had been overtaken by a rich blanket of purple, pink water hyacinth. 
this simple short story of this flower is a perfect illustration of the power of continuing steadfastly. Continued consistency of application leading you to a place of acceleration in the things of God. When you're staring, excuse me, when you're starting, your environment may mock you, your surroundings may scoff at your efforts. But little do they know that inside of you is resurrection power. Inside of you is the power to be fruitful and multiply. Every act of obedience, every day of consistency, every moment of follow through, you are doubling. You are multiplying. You are accelerating. Every person in this room, you have the potential to double yourself. If you will begin to surrender and obey to the things that God has spoken to you, to the things that the Lord has instructed us from this pulpit, you will begin to see exponential growth in your life. How many of you believe that today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.